Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to Passion Purpose Podcast. It's such a joy getting to talk about stuff that matters. And I am just thrilled today to be with my buddy, Sean Jones. He and his wife, Shannon, serve as youth pastors here in Antioch, Waco. We've known each other, been friends for 20 plus years, and we've kind of run in the same circles for 30 plus years. That makes us old. But what it also (laughs) makes us is experienced. We've worked with a lot of people with a lot of stuff. We were just talking about... Uh, Sean, as a youth pastor, you are Gen X, but helped Gen X youth, millennial youth, Gen Z. Uh, you've had to deal with real stuff at at the base level. And, you know, I hope that you're listening to this podcast for a couple of reasons. You're wanting to know more about Jesus, more about the kingdom, but you're also wanting to say, how do we live life now? And I thought it would just be a delight for us to spend maybe five to seven sessions just talking about the kingdom of God. So it all begins with worldview. So Sean, give us a little bit of your journey, your life, uh, and that will help us know you better, but also know your worldview. And then let's talk a little bit about youth's worldview today. So go for it. Give us your your journey. Well, my journey, um, my family immigrated to the United States um, from Trinidad and Tobago. And uh, a lot of you don't know where that country is. Where yes. is Trinidad and Tobago? So it's, uh, it's the last island um, in the West Indies, last island on that little chain. Uh, and so if you're looking at a map of South America and you see Venezuela and just look over to the right and you'll see this little dot, two islands, one nation. There it is. Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. Now Absolutely amazing uh, country. Love it dearly. Um, and uh, a lot of, a lot of heritage from, from that. Um, so my family migrated and, uh, but I was born in Texas city, Texas. So I'm a hundred percent American. Uh, Really, I should say 100% Texan. Yes, that's what you should say. <laughs> um, but I wanted to be kind to all the listeners out there. Um, and But just growing up, it was a challenge because uh, my parents grew up in the Anglican church. So when they moved here, they were in the Episcopal church. And the day that I was being christened um, in the Episcopal church was the day my mom it confirmed her suspicions that my dad was having an affair. And uh, it was a hard time. So probably like around first grade, uh, my dad was completely gone. There was a lot of turmoil in our family and, and he was gone. My parents got a divorce. It was final. Um, and growing up, I had two older brothers. I was the youngest and a lot going on there. And for me, emotionally, it was rough and as a child, I was stuttering a lot. My nickname was Porky Pig. Kids are not kind. Oh at all. man, they're and, the worst. Uh, and it was there was two th- reasons why I was a very round kid at the time, as well as stuttering. And so I was the black Porky Pig, uh, wow. basically. Growing and up in Texas City. Or? Growing up in the Texas Houston. City Lamarck area. Yeah. And you know, and so there was a lot of times when I was frustrated. More when I was angry, I would just stutter a lot. 
But Jesus became very real to me because one night I remember crying myself to sleep and my mom had friends over and they just asked, what's wrong with Sean? Um, as my mom tells the story to me, and she just explained like everything that was going on and his stuttering problem, and he's just he's just really upset. And they decided to pray for me that night. And through that prayer, um, I was healed. I got up the next morning and getting ready to eat breakfast and to, to go off to school, and I spoke ever so clearly. And usually, my stuttering problems really was the worst in the morning or when I was angry or tired. And I just asked my brothers to pass me the milk and I said it crystal clear, mm. pass me the milk and everything stopped. Mm. Wow. And I was like, what happened? And my mom said, Jesus healed you. Wow. That was it for me. That was it. So how, how old was it. that? And so, ah, man, I think I was like around four or five years old wow. at that just time. Just a little guy. Yeah. And, uh, and, for me, that I wanted to know more about Jesus, and my life was in his hands. And so anything, everything about Jesus, I wanted to know and to be and um, to, to take hold of. And so. So, so your mom, so, so mom was a godly lady. Godly lady. Sought oh, God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, was Anglican church your background all the way up? Through? So all the way up, grew up in the Episcopal church, yeah. Right, mm -hmm. uh-huh. And was that the evangelical side of the Episcopal Church or the more non-evangelical side? What was your experience there? More of the evangelical uh, side um, of the church. Because I remember growing up and when my mom remarried and we moved to Houston, and she was always say, trust God, trust God, trust God, to the point where anytime she was nervous, trust God. Anytime <laughs> she was anxious about something, trust God. Uh, but just it was hammering into her sons to always trust the Lord. And she would take us to church. It wasn't our choice. Right. It was you, you in my house. You got to make your decisions when you're out from under her covering. But as long as you were under her covering, you were going to church. And she would ask you, are you going to church today? Right. I was like, why are you even asking? <laughs> yeah, so, it's not a question. <laughs> if I said no, she would just yank me out. <laughs> uh, and so, so it was really the evangelical side because I remember at the end of communion, after you take communion, the priest would ask if you want prayer. You just put your hand over your heart and he would pray for you. And I remember one Sunday morning where he was praying for a lady of our church and she was overcome by the Holy Spirit. And then so she, she fell just, down into the power just, of God. Just crumbled in the presence of the Lord and and just laid there. And I remember him standing there and then looking at his hand <laughs> and then looking at her and everything stopped in the church. And it was like we all went on a journey of the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's this Episcopal church. And in the midst of liturgy and just the beautifulness of the liturgy, uh, man, the beautifulness of the, the Holy Spirit. And we started home fellowships and people praying for one another and moves of the spirit were going on. So it wasn't even initiated. It just happened. It just right? happened. So this guy, the priest just encounters the power of God praying for a lady. And then all of a sudden it breaks out. Yeah. And so now it becomes evangelical slash charismatic Episcopalian yeah. church. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. So in the middle of that, I know God spoke to you because you, about missions, about all that. How did that all kind of come to play coming out of that experience? Yeah, so I, at an early age, I just was intrigued as we were getting these 
teachings and my mom instilling us in us uh, of caring for others and those that are less fortunate. And I was like, we are broke. <laughs> and there are people less fortunate than us. We are us. us. <laughs> <laughs> we like, are praying for us. Right. right. Who is ministering to us? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but our eyes have just, were always open to, to that. And now I want to pause a minute because yeah. we talk a lot about worldview, how it shapes us. And you said, hey, we were struggling financially as a family. And my mom was instilling on us yeah. to care for others. Mm-hmm. So, so even in lack, mom had it, hey, we are in it to care for people less fortunate. Right. So this was put in you as a child. Yeah, because yeah. it's, you know, it's, we're said to be poor of spirit, right? Right. right. And, um, and, but we were broken the pocketbook, she said, sure. because uh, poor in mind is poor in mind. And so we were not poor. We were wow. just broke. And so all we needed was opportunities and those opportunities could change everything. So it's wow. not about, you know, being poor in mind, but just poor in spirit is the good poor. And broke, we're just broke. <laughs> Wait, that, that is so, powerful. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, that, that I'm starting to understand you more, who you are now as an adult leader because of that mindset. So the power of parents. Yeah. The words they put them. But that's not today's subject. So so keep taking <laughs> me on. So you, you get graduated from high school. What do you do next? Yeah. So going all through high school and had a lot of um, opportunities where I was being told, uh, you know, I fell in love with music, but I was being told, hey, you really can't do music. You're not musically inclined enough. Well, don't tell me that at all, because when I read scripture, we can do all things through Christ. Wow. And so this is a little backstory of what I ended up doing in college, because because I was told I couldn't do it. I would pray and just go for it anyway. And so when I was wow. told I couldn't uh, do music, I prayed and my mom said, yes, okay, you can go ahead and do music, but here's a clarinet. Your brother stopped playing it, so I'm not buying another instrument because I wanted to play the drums uh-huh. or the French horn. And she's like, nope, <laughs> you're going to play the clarinet. Well, I ended up playing the bass clarinet and uh, it was school issued and it was hard for me, but I would pray. Every time when it was time to practice, I would pray and say, God, just give me the ability to do this. And I remember wanting to go back to my fifth grade music teacher and tell her, hey, I think God made a way for me when I made first chair Allstate Band Mm. in my senior year in high school. And so with that, in making Allstate Band, I got a lot of offers from colleges. And so I got a a scholarship to SFA, Stephen F. Austin. Uh And so I went off to college. And while I was in college, jumped in and had my first youth group at the age of 19 and fell in love with doing youth ministry. And I realized that I wanted to just couple music and my love for school. And I was going to be a high school band director. And that was my goal. Wow. I never knew that. Here we we go. And I did all things music uh, from choir to orchestra, symphonic band, everything, and just going for it. And as I was taking my youth group as well on mission opportunities and di- different conferences and listening to different speakers, I realized as God is doing a work in them, he started doing a work in me. And I realized, I never asked you, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? Wow. I just told you. Wow. So I cleaned out my, my dorm room closet and, uh, and set up shop and spent a weekend in my closet. My roommate thought I was nuts. But I set up a prayer closet and I just started praying and asking God. 
what he wanted me to do with my life. And then I started seeing it clearly. He started showing me different things. And I realized it was going to be ministry. And I was saying to the Lord, no. <laughs> it seemed like that was going to be a hard road. And now sure. ministry in my mind at that time was becoming an Episcopal priest. Wow. And I literally saw this collar and I said, hey, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I started sharing with it, sharing this vision and, and this understanding with other people. And they said, maybe not necessarily a priest, but that God's calling you into this. You might need to take some time to figure out what God is fully saying. So I prayed and I got it clear that I was going to lay down my music scholarship, give it back, and I did. And I joined Youth with a Mission in Denver, Colorado, and said, I'm gonna take a couple of years and figure this out. And uh, my whole family thought I was nuts. Um, had some really uh, interesting conversations there. <laughs> but I really knew I needed to be obedient to God. And so my mom set up a meeting with my priest back home. And I remember the three of us sitting down because she was ready to make sure he was going to set me straight. And I just shared everything that I got from the Lord. And he just said, well, Betty, I think this is from God. <laughs> he agreed with you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, and and I, I went off and and my eyes were opened more about who he is and who I am in him. And I, I never looked back. Um, and so. Well, let, let, me, let me ask a question, make an observation. So I often talk about, you know, what's the difference between people uh, in their life? You know, people who are walking with Jesus for the long haul, people who are not, mm -hmm. what are those different turns along the way? And, of course, you had a, a supernatural healing as a child. You had a mother that, regardless of life circumstances, said, trust God, we're going to trust God. Yeah. And then you come to the place where it's now it's your decision, right? The the right. college, now, now i got to own this deal. But what I love is that you said, hey, I cleaned out my closet and said, I'm going to seek God and own it for myself. Because here's what I'd say, you know, when we talk about worldview and and uh, kind of what we think about God, what we think about purpose and all that, is everybody eventually has to own that process. You yeah. can keep sloughing it off on somebody else. You can keep saying, right. well, my mom told me, or the school told me, or the culture told me, or my best friend right. wanted to do this. But sooner or later, that meeting in the closet is going to have to happen with you and God. And and, and I think that um, uh that's the biggest miss that I think we don't get. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, when you're like uh, we said right now, you know, we're having this conversation in the middle of, middle of COVID and the political season and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I, I'm telling people, I don't think we're getting out of this pressure. So you might as well just seek God now because you're yeah. going to have to then. That's it, right. it, it's either now or then. But you're God's not allowing us out of this one. And what I mean right. by that is. But that's for our good, because once you hear from God, whatever your need is, or get God's direction, whatever your need is, at any time in life, then you have a solid footing to stand on, because right. life's a challenge, man. Yeah, I mean, no matter, no matter what you do, or where you are, what country you live in. Right. But, but if you don't get down face-to-face -face with God and get serious about, mm -hmm. okay, I need to hear from God for my life, 
then then you're going to be on skids. So so I know you did that obviously, and you've seen a lot of people come and go. Just what do you think, and why I'm talking about that about right. those meetings with God that have to happen to hear God? Yeah, I mean it's it's vital, it's crucial. A Sunday school teacher told me that uh, the Bible is the greatest textbook for an instruction for our lives if we are wanting to be a Christian and a follower of Jesus. And so you've got to soak it up and to know what's in it. And she would drill us um, on the books of the Bible and what's in it. And she said, you've got to be passionate about knowing. And and just even hearing my mom, because I, I sum it up about our lives, but it was it was a rough and it was a hard go. And so when she was saying, trust God, that was, that's all she had. Right. And so, so getting it for myself, when I started reading scripture, it was, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, it was written, so I was going to believe it and I was going to do it. And so I was going to pray. And when you take the words, the truth, and you apply it and you see these little victories, well, for me as a young kid, it started growing because I started seeing God was moving. Right. I was reading his word and doing it and hey, things were working. Sure. So without it, I don't know where I would be without the word of God. And also being able to apply it and, and see victory because I had to own it for myself 100%. And sitting around blaming people, like the brokenness in our family, I couldn't, I couldn't blame anyone. I could say these are the reasons, but if I just sat right there and let bitterness set in and blame people, well, it would destroy me. Just looking at when God's saying to forgive at a young age, I was I started understanding forgiveness is not for that person; it's for me. Yeah, it's so that I'm free. Right, that I I can let go of this deal instead of just sitting here churning and stalling out and becoming a wreck. So. Yeah, I need I need to do God's word, uh, and so so many things, so many powerful stories, so much truth to live by for my benefit. Um, it just made it really clear if I'm going to do anything or get anywhere, I need to go to God first. Mm. And when it says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, right, in all your ways, right. <laughs> so every little thing. And, uh, and God blessed me with putting a lot of people in my path who were like those crazy uncles that prayed for every little thing, Yes, you know? And it's like, yeah, they were, I, I adopted them as my uncles that yes. prayed for every little thing, right? you know, um, every time they turn on a car and we're going to go somewhere, they're praying for safe travel. I'm like just learning yes. how to do these things and to pray for every little thing. All right. So, so again, um, the when I when I think about your life, that trust in the Lord with all your heart, yeah. you know, is uh, is central to who you are, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, what happens is when we have a life verse like Proverbs three, five, and six, and we've exercised it and we've lived it out, it becomes obvious to us when people aren't doing that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. What, yeah. what when you're clear on a truth and you're like, right. hey, dude, you're just not trusting God. You know? right. <laughs> so. Maybe wrap up today with this. Here we are. It's 2020. Right. This is talk one of at least five we're going to do. We may do up to seven talks here. So leave me with uh, what do you, in, in 2020 right now, what does it mean for you to trust God? Just where you're at as a dad, 
Mm. What's it mean to live out that verse today? To live out that verse today is not to put my trust in man, not to put my trust in any other movement or man, not to put my trust in the, the latest theory uh, or going after the latest thing or the latest cause, the champion, uh, to believe that somebody else is going to solve a problem when I'm thinking and believing firmly in my heart that God is the answer. Mm. Jesus is the answer. So what it looks like in 2020 for me to trust in the Lord, Jesus is my coping mechanism. Mm. There's nothing else that's going to bring me peace. And when someone says, hey, you're just using Christ as a crutch. Yes, I am. Because I'm weak. And I need someone that's going to help me continue on this path. And so, yes, he's my crutch. He is my coping mechanism. I'd rather spend time with God than liquor. Yeah, (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, That terminology, liquor's quicker. No, Jesus is. Wow. (laughs) And he brings way more peace and way, way more tranquility. Woo. So, hey, well, let's let's uh, let's let's wrap up today uh, with, again, an admonition to all of us. Proverbs three, five and six in your admonition to say, hey, absolutely. Jesus is a crutch. He's not. A, he's the wheelchair man. We're to, yeah. a, a crutch would be too little. Right. <laughs> right. He's, he's everything <laughs> yeah. that I need. And therefore, we make it through every season. Right. Whether it's a troubled kid. Or whether it's yes. a big decision as a student, whether it's a young father, mm-hmm. whatever, and uh, uh, a grandfather coming days, or whatever it is, every life season, he's still the center of everything. Yeah, and that's what we want to be talking about. So join us. In, this is talk one. We're going to be going to talk two real soon. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmycyber.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.